I like driving. And on a few occasions, I've spent a month or so living in a car, sleeping in parking lots, and eating lunch from a Walmart. And I felt like it was a really effective and affordable way to see this country. Another way to do it is from a bike seat, as uncomfortable as that sounds. On this episode of We've Got 20 Minutes, I sit down with my friend Emily, and we talk about her experience biking across the country. And, unsurprisingly, there's a lot of great anecdotes about life in this episode, because, you know, life's a journey, biking across the country is a significant journey. You know, it's just a solid cliché. And it makes for a solid episode. So listen up. So like every way you travel across the country, you see it in a different light. And I've driven across the country a few times. And it was interesting to see how different things were. How is riding your bike across the country different than have you driven before and compared to flying and that kind of nonsense? Sure. Well, I've never driven across the country. Oh, well, you should so, do it. So uh, I can't really compare it to that, but I had a really wonderful experience. Uh, I've always said that bicycling speed is the perfect pace because it's fast enough that you can get somewhere, but slow enough that you can take it all in. And that was definitely true of my experience. So how did this whole process start of you riding across the country, like a little bit of the logistics? The logistics are like how it is that I arrived at deciding to ride oh, my bike across. Always, yeah. How did you always want to do it or is it like a new development? Sure. Well, so my dad when I was growing up, my dad was a big cyclist and he always wanted to do something called Ride the Rockies, which is like a week-long tour through the mountains. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. Um, and so that's kind of how I got my my foot into cycling, if you'd have it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then someone sort of planted the seed before I started college that the distance from where my parents live and where I went to school was about the distance of Ride the Rockies. So every summer, um, I rode my bike from my parents' house out to school, about 540-mile ride. And um, from that, I'd always wanted to do um, a self-supported ride that was longer. That's where you're carrying your own gear. And so um, I had someone, I just got this idea in my head and then circumstances were kind of such that I had more motivation to do it a couple summers ago. This is obviously like a big physical challenge and like those ideas in your head can be scary. I remember in high school reading Into Thin Air for class, not by choice, and it gave me such anxiety because I did not want to climb Mount Everest and I never will, but like I had anxiety that I would want to want to. And so did you have any anxiety over this trip? Because I had anxiety over something I would never do. Sure. I don't think I had that much anxiety about it. Um, I think... Yeah, I didn't really have that much anxiety about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? So where did you start and where did you end? And sure. tell me about that. Okay, so I started in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and um, most people who do the bike ride start in Virginia. But I started there because a friend of mine from college's parents live there, mm-hmm. and this probably isn't the happiest part of the story, no, but well, it, it is an important part of happy, the story. So. But a big motivation was when I was in school, a friend of mine was hit and killed while riding his bike, and he always wanted to do a cross country ride for peace. And so a big part of my trip was thinking about and talking about pacifism along the way, and that's where Paul's parents live. So that's where I started from. And then I um, ended in um, officially in Astoria, Oregon, um, and then did like a crazy 200-mile day from Astoria to Seattle just because. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't start, start on, because a lot of people like start with their back wheel in the Atlantic Ocean, then they put their front wheel in the Pacific Ocean. Do you feel like you missed out? 
on a little? Because I would feel like I kind of pretty much did it, but not completely. Or do you feel like, yes, I rode my bike across the country? Sure. I mean, I guess I feel like I missed out on some symbolism and maybe mm-hmm. like a great picture. But I actually ended up riding more miles, riding from Pennsylvania to where I connected up with the trail than I would if I had started from the coast. So if you're talking strictly about like miles, then yeah, I've like covered the whole yeah. thing. Um, but it, the the relationship with Paul and Paul's parents was integral to the ride and so nurturing that Mm -hmm. like far exceeds and they actually rode with me for Paul's dad and Mm -hmm. his uncle rode with me for the first four days and so that was really special for them to be a part Mm -hmm. of that so so you did this for pacifism Mm -hmm. explain a little bit about like your feelings towards pacifism and why do you think and how regular people or not regular (laughs) people who don't prescribe to it as confidently as you do what they can do to integrate it into their life because I think it has a lot of great attributes sure well I think one thing that people a notion that people have about like pacifism is that like the only way that like you can be a pacifist or believe in pacifism is if you think that like world peace is like possible right now and for me you know I think about pacifism on a much smaller scale and from like a ground up and it's like it is it's like a really hard ideal to reach but I think like like anything that we hold as an ideal just because it's hard doesn't mean that we still shouldn't like strive for it Um, so for me pacifism is like an extreme opportunity of like hope and and growth and I think about like being peaceful and nonviolent and like my daily interactions and um which most people do yeah yeah like I I, I don't wake up every day and go okay why you're not going to hit anybody today but I go throughout my life trying not to hurt other people I guess sure and that's sort of like the core of what pacifism means for me is if like we can have that in our personal relationships and then like scale that up to the level of community and then scale that up to like the level of how it is that Mm -hmm. like communities exist and then how like nations exist you know and then it it seems a lot more manageable than being like oh well we're gonna go out and we're gonna solve the problem in Iraq yeah well and I feel like people when it comes to these like social constructs ideals like pacifism or being eco-friendly and stuff people are so it feels like you're either on board with it or you're not sure like trying to eat socially responsible or ethically responsible meats or something like I was at the store and I was just like I can either have cage-free chicken that's like eight dollars a pound or I can have this two dollars a pound just as delicious but probably not as um, responsible chicken and I was just like is there kind of like somewhat responsible chicken like is there like I feel like we're so integrated into being all or nothing sure that we can't just make some progress at all yeah I agree with you and I think one thing for me about how I view pacifism differently is for me it's like it's a very creative process that where it's immensely like interdisciplinary where we include things like art and like music and that um it's this like space to like try new things out and to really like approach problems differently than we would and approaching problems differently doesn't necessarily mean that they're like solved but allowing for that creative space is like what allows us to make progress and sort of learn how it is that we could be together better. So how did you connect pacifism to your bike ride across the country? Was it just like thinking about it on the daily or did you have like 
activities that connected them? Well, I did quite a bit of fundraising for an organization called On Earth Peace, and mostly um, I met a ton of people on my bike trip, and they all ask you, you know, why is it that you're doing this? And so this was like an integral part of my story for why it was. And so I found that I had a lot more conversations with people about pacifism because mm-hmm. people are like, wow, like this is important enough to you that you're going to ride 4,603 miles for this. Like I can engage with you about this for like 15 or 20 minutes. And so I found there was a much more open dialogue about it. And, you know, you probably can't measure what difference I made on making people be more or less peaceful, but there certainly were valuable conversations. And my identity as a pacifist changed a lot as well by just riding every day for something, you know? I feel like something that stuck out to me, which you just said, is like you can't measure it. And I feel like that's something that's become very important to our generation is measuring things like how many likes does this get? How many people saw this post? How many people are you interacting with? We really like metrics to quantify things. So do you feel like it was helpful to do something that wasn't very measurable? Like it was impactful, but there was no way to measure it. Sure. I think... It all just depends on how it is that you're measuring things, I guess. So um, I think the most valuable part of the ride for me was watching. So Paul's parents, I left from their house, but they also met me when in the middle of the ride when I rode through Kansas because that's where I did my undergraduate degree. And so um, I got to kind of like come home to my community there. And then they met me at the end when I finished the ride. And um, this is also something that's not quantifiable, but it certainly was like marked how I could see their process of healing. They were lighter by the end. And that might not mean anything to anybody else, but it certainly like means a lot to me and means a lot to them. And um, I think people are more moved by um, differences in humans mm-hmm. than they are in the number of likes. Yeah. And so I do think that it was measurable, but just on a human level, not <laughs> yeah. on like a data not like, level. Not something you can chart, but something sure. you can feel. Exactly. Who are some of the interesting people you met? Is it, When I say that, do any people you interacted with stick out? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing that I thought was beautiful about the trip is daily you were interacting, not only interacting with, but being fed by or staying with people who in the rest of your life you would probably like run away from in the opposite direction as fast as you could so for example i'm i mean there's this guy pastor joe in benedict kansas who we called him up right because i followed these maps and they gave people that you could call in each town and he identified himself as a messianic jew so a jew someone who's jewish but who still believes that christ is your savior okay so quite a contradiction so we like come into town and he's just this like he has like no teeth he tells us all these stories about you know breaking all of the bones in his back and he's just like from the minute you you meet him you don't know whether you can believe anything that it is that he says but he's like the person that invites you in and who feeds you and he told us crazy conspiracy stories about machines that um, heart machines that make the make things rain and how you know Russia and the United States partnered Russia and the United States of all people partnered to make it rain in Thailand to put this like thing out and he just had all all these stories about the lost tribes of Israel and it turns out he was like the head of a local militia and you know so yeah I mean there are people like that who are just like 
we don't believe in anything that's the same except for hospitality and like kindness to other people um and he's just like one example you know like i have 10 or 12 or 15 or 100 of these like crazy people (laughs) (laughs) so you were planning on go on spending a lot of alone time on this trip but you ended up making some friends and mostly riding with them tell me a little bit about that experience and how that happened sure so yeah i rode with two brothers their names are soren and colin soren's actually coming out uh, next week monday for a visit um and i met them two weeks in at the frida harris baptist center and we ended up riding all the way until the end together so 56 of my 70 days on a bike and it was bittersweet more sweet than bitter of course because a big part of why I wanted to do this was to have time to like be reflective and get to know myself and it's hard to do that when you have a very chatty companion Soren the whole time (laughs) but the dialogue and the friendship like I mean you can't be mad about it you know like I have a lifelong friend and um I think most experiences are better when you can share them with people, and I think that, that was true true of my trip. And um, I don't know, you yeah. get to know people super fast under yeah. those like circumstances, you know. Like he got to experience grumpy morning Emily on like day five, you know, whereas normal people might never see that, and that's just really special. Yeah. So, so I did. I've done like a few road trips, but I did like one main one East Coast with some friends, and some left and came, and it was a whole story. And then I did. A West Coast one that was a lot of it was by myself. Like I stopped up and met, and like st- the people I stayed with, and we did things together and stuff. But a lot of it was by myself, and there was something really nice about being able to do whatever I wanted when I wanted. Sure. But there's also like I don't share a lot of like nobody else was there with me. So there's like I definitely see that there's pros and cons of being alone and having some companionship. Mm-hmm. So what was the hardest part of the trip? What like were there any moments when you were like, okay, pull the ripcord, get me out of here. I'm yeah. just going to like book a flight home and leave my bike in the, at the airport. I had two moments where I thought about quitting, one in my first week and one in my last. And both were instances where I was either severely underfed or severely dehydrated. Oh, because nobody makes good <laughs> decisions when they're hungry. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just, it's interesting to push yourself to that point and to know that, like, you can't do anything except for keep riding. Mm-hmm. You're in the middle of nowhere, so you have to at least... And you have no friends with a car nearby. You have no friends with a car nearby. You know, like, you just have to keep going and, like, get through it. Um, and I guess that's kind of like a comfort to put yourself in a situation where you don't have a choice. Yeah, because a lot of the... Uh, sometimes, a lot of times when I'm doing something scary, I always, like... I look for the way out before I do it, and you didn't have a way out. That's true. <laughs> and yeah. so there's no like safety net to catch you. Yeah. How did, and that, how did that feel? Um, I mean, I think that that's why it is that we do these things is we want to prove to ourselves that like we're strong and we're capable. And um, I mean, it felt good. It feels good to do the things that you feel called to do, even if they're hard. So you're kind of. Um, you're kind of shy about just telling people that you rode across your bike across the country. Um, I was with you the other day and you just told somebody like, oh, I just went on a bike ride. Why is that? Why aren't you like, yes, I rode across the country? 
Yeah, I think some of it is just my personality. I'm a yeah. pretty humble person, um, but also like. And it would be kind of aggravating to be like, "Hi, I'm Emily. I rode my <laughs> bike across the country, and you should bow down to me because of that." Well, sure, and that's exactly the reason why I don't tell people is I feel like it puts you on a pedestal, and I think anyone's capable of doing it, and I think that our culture tends to like highlight or say that doing big things like riding your bike across the country is like better than you know the really hard things that people do in their day-to-day life and I don't I don't really think that they're different you know like it just so happens that like I spent every day doing this and it amounted to what people view as like a big thing but you know there are people with cancer or that spend every day you know and like that's a big thing or they're single moms who like every day you know and so I guess I just don't really like the attention and as much as it is like an important part of like a big um, experience like myself there are also like so many other facets to like who I am that like we don't have to talk about the fact that like I rode really far you know so you just said that you feel like anybody can do that and if I were to do this I would definitely spend like months ahead of time just like or maybe like weeks or days I don't know depends on how prepared I was um trying to get into shape so that when I started writing I wouldn't just like fall over after two days sure how do you feel about the physical aspect sure well I mean (laughs) I joked with a lot of people that if you're not in shape when you started you'll be in shape two or three weeks in which I think is true there's like a certain element of just riding yourself strong but you know it is good to start out you know I guess you should start out with the expectation with appropriate expectations for your level of fitness so you know I rode almost 80 miles every day and that's a lot but I I say anyone could do this because maybe like someone else's path is they ride 30 miles every day and it takes them twice as long you know but like what it is is it's this principle of like taking it like a little bit at a time you know there's this really great phrase in Swahili habana habana hujaba kibaba drop drop by drop the bucket fills well that sounds it sounds great so <laughs> and that's how I feel about it yeah. you know drop by drop get there. Uh, some my least favorite day in school is usually the first day of a semester when all your professors hand out syllabuses or syllabi whatever and you look at everything you have to do and you forget that you're like oh I have 16 weeks to do all of this so was it overwhelming to be standing in Pennsylvania and be like wait I have to get across I have to get to Oregon on the on these two wheels yeah so the truth of the matter is is I only ever planned like three days ahead of time Mm -hmm. and I didn't really think about it apart and then so you only think three days ahead but then you celebrate every mile that you've ridden so at the end of every map like we did something to celebrate there were 12 maps to get across the country at the end of every map we would like do something to mark at end of map two do something whatever and so you count the miles that have added up and you don't think about how many miles are left and yeah yeah it's good so let's talk about a little about like uh where you stayed and what you ate and some of those things sure (laughs) (laughs) okay so i stayed in the most ridiculous places so 36 of my nights were in a tent and in most instances those were like in the middle of like town parks which was actually really wonderful um we would like call ahead and usually like the sheriff and they would be like oh yeah like you're welcome and they would say something like don't set your tent up over here because that's when the sprinklers are gonna come on that's very kind um but then i stayed in a lot of like 
random church basement. So, you know, pretty much any Christian denomination that exists in America, I slept in their basement on the trip. And then just like strangers' houses, things like warm showers, which is kind of like couch surfers for cyclists. And a couple of instances, people just like saw us in the park and were like, would you like to come stay? And you would say yes. Um, a few motels, a few, a, a lot of KOAs in the West. Um, yeah, but I mean, every night it was like sleeping bag, sleeping pad. Um, was the western part of the the states harder because it's not as populated and there's more mountains? Um, I think it was harder to find lodging, but it wasn't necessarily harder to ride because by the time you got to the west, you were pretty strong, and the mountains aren't as steep, you know. Um, but yeah, we had definitely, I definitely had longer days, you know, so by the end you would have to ride 80 miles if you wanted a place with water, you know, there would, like there was one day in Wyoming where we rode 115 miles because there was no place to get. Did you know that going in that today's going to be long? Um, we didn't, I didn't know that it was going to be that long. Uh-huh. Um, there was a town, which as town, it was two two houses on either side of the road was this town and in the past one woman would let people stay on her property but she was in the process of moving to Iowa so we got there at about five o'clock and then realized we had to ride another 30 miles that day (laughs) so you know we just keep pedaling (laughs) okay so we're almost out of time but if looking back at the trip is there anything you would have changed if you could have I would have gone slower well I think since I'm I've always ridden my bike. I feel like I have to ride hard and fast, and it was hard for me to break that. And I think that there were plenty of opportunities to, like, talk with people more or, you know, put your feet in the river or... But I just had a really strong desire to, like, get home, Mm -hmm. you know? And there was this constant tension of, like, being present and, like, missing people from, like, my life. And I think in the end I should have, like, just prioritized, like, being in it and taking more time. Which is like a good message for living your life. Yeah, I guess. exactly. Because sometimes we get so focused on, okay, how am I going to like get a stable job and like live in a house that I like, buy a house that I like and stuff. And it's like, or you could just kind of enjoy now a little bit. Don't rush life too much. Um, when you got back, how was adjusting to not being on the move every day and having completely different goals? It was hard, um, mostly because when I was on my bike trip, it was, like, clear what I needed to accomplish every day, and life was really, really simple, and then it's not simple, and it's not clear, but at the same time, I really, really appreciate being able to be with, like, the fullness of my community, and when your community is changing every single day, you don't get to experience that, and so, you know, there's just as much joy in being home as there is, like, being... So to end things off, what advice would you give to somebody who's like thinking about doing this kind of journey? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally do it. Like whatever doubts you have, you're capable and you'll learn a lot about yourself. And I've said to a lot of people that if you're ever doubting like the goodness of humanity, you should ride your bike across the country because you'll just receive so much like warmth and positivity and I mean, you should do it. Okay, awesome. Thanks for talking to me. And I'll probably sit you down and we'll talk about something else later. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Okay. After all that, I'm still pretty sure I'm not going to be riding my bike across the country anytime soon. 
thank you so much for listening to this episode. And please take a minute to share it with your friends. Also, please follow at We've Got 20 on Instagram slash We've Got 20 on Facebook. And you can also go to patreon.com, look for We've Got 20, and you can financially support this podcast by donating like a dollar an episode or something. I'd really appreciate it. And just like every other episode of We've Got 20 Minutes, this one is sponsored by Tropper Photography. That's me. There's links for all of this social media self-promotion nonsense in the description. Also, if you know anyone interesting that you think should be on this podcast, you should send me a message and hook us up because I need people to talk to. Thanks for listening. Bye.